Hey guys, it's Cathy here from Geek Girl Meetup UK and you're joining me for the latest episode of Geek Girl Meets where we sit down with an awesome lady in tech to talk to her all about her career in order to find out some useful nuggets of information for you guys. Now, two things to note. First of all, I actually have a live studio audience in this podcast. Woo! <laughs> Uh, the live studio podcast audience being Miggy from Geek Girl. Um, <laughs> thanks, Miggs. Which brings us to telling you who our guest is today. And I'm delighted to say that it is one of the original co-founders of Geek Girl Meetup UK, Josie, who is all the way back from New York. Hello. Yay! <laughs> Best audience ever. Yeah, so Josie left us a year ago, which is really sad. And now you're back for a little time. And I thought while she's back in town, must actually pin you down to finally record the podcast all about you and your career. Awesome. Let's do it. There we go. So Josie, what do you do? <laughs> Straight from the Ace Hotel, hotel room. Oh, yeah. um, well, I already said there's a running theme here. I've already <laughs> interviewed Robin in a hotel room. Now it's you. So the chances are, Miggy, I'm going to interview you and Magda when we're in an Airbnb apartment. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to work on another sound. <laughs> yeah, so what do I do? My current job is as a project director at a digital creative advertising agency called Analog Folk. Um, and I work in our New York office, which uh, I've been doing for the last year. It's very cool. I'm still jealous of the whole New York thing. I think we're all very jealous of the whole New York thing. But before we go deep into what a day-to-day -day is for you at the moment, let's go all the way back to little Josie. What did you want to be when you were growing up? It's funny. I've been I'm actually thinking about this question the last week since you said that I had to do this today. I was I very forceful. Yes, yeah. definitely. And I think I had the, the um, dream that a lot of, um, of my friends had at the same time. And I think maybe I was a lot of influenced by my sister in this, but definitely wanted to work um, with dolphins as like a taking care of dolphins person, whatever that word is. Uh, or like, yeah, work in a zoo somehow, work with animals. That was definitely like, yeah, the dream job back then. I don't know why. I think it was just like being fun, being outside. That kind of brought that on. Did not see myself working in an office 12 hours a day, but hey-ho. Yeah, it's a little bit different. <laughs> it's weird you say dolphins though, because I actually think um, with me and my own friends growing up, loads of us at one point or another had a big thing around dolphins. Yeah. Don't know what the mass, like, there's just this natural appeal towards them. I don't know. Like maybe there was, there were some movies that had like... Dolphins, so I guess like Free Willy, like there were a lot of those kind of movies that yeah. they were about in the 90s, so maybe it came from that, I don't know. Probably, that would make sense. Yeah. Cool, so how do we go from wanting to look after dolphins <laughs> in Sweden to where you are now in New York? What's the, the journey? I assume we're going to do the long version because yes, it's a please. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no shorthand version. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I grew up in a small town in Sweden, about an hour and a half northwest of Stockholm, called Stala. has about 10,000 people in the city or town, so it's kind of tiny. I figured out quite early on that I probably didn't have the biggest future in that little city. And it was an awesome place growing up in, uh, but when it came to starting high school, I guess the equivalent is in the U.S., I went to the closest city to where we lived. I was about 45 minutes away and I basically applied for um, a program. So we applied for different programs in high school. You don't go like straight into like just 
reading everything. So you have to apply for a specific thing. So I applied to do media and communications more or less because I knew I couldn't do that in my hometown. So my um, borough basically had to pay for my travel to go to the next city so I could study that. Nice. Very smart plan. And um, I did it. It was uh, four of us, I think. Four girls that all kind of applied for the same thing. So we, we commuted together about 45 minutes um, every day to, to go to school. And then after that, I decided, well, actually during that, I decided that I wanted to go to the US. So my sister and one of my friends had both been exchange students in the US when they were um, around 17. So I wanted to do the same thing. And luckily, my parents could afford for me to go. So I spent a year in Lancaster in California. Yeah. In the Mojave Desert, which was um, really interesting. Um, and I think that kind of led to me, you know, seeing the world a little bit more and realizing that I could stand on my own two feet, being far away from, you know, my family and, and friends um, at a kind of young age. So I came back from the US and finished high school and then decided I still wanted to see more of the world. So I was a fiu pair, a pair nanny. In, uh, in France, outside of um, Paris, about an hour outside of Paris, in Fontainebleau, for six months. Took wow. care of two small girls that were like a year and a half and like three and a half for six months. So that was very intense and interesting, living with a family there. I studied French like two hours a day and um, hung out with a lot of other au pairs. So that was, that was exciting. And then came back and was like, okay, maybe I should grow up and, and go to some kind of school yeah. <laughs> to learn more stuff. And um, I applied to a visual merchandiser course. Okay. So I've done a lot of things in my life, so this podcast is going to be really long. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so I, I did visual merchandising for a year, and then I started working for a company like that did a lot of um, like home homeware, home textile kind of stuff as a visual merchandiser and I worked there for like maybe a year and a half so did uh, like the displays in the windows and like beautiful things in store then I realized that that maybe wasn't that much fun like you still worked in a, a shop or whatever you had to work like weekends and late at night and all of that kind of stuff so I then decided I should go to university be a proper adult <laughs> I like that going to university means be a proper adult yeah I feel like, like that is like a really my university <laughs> experience definitely didn't make me a proper adult <laughs> no this is part of my view of before I went to uni okay but yeah. I also think it's, it might be a bit different in Sweden because it's not the same way of like going and living with like shitloads of people in like dorm rooms and stuff the same way it's yeah. a bit more grown up I feel you like you have your own place most of the time and oh, okay. stuff like that but I know I moved to Sonsvall which is um about four hours north of Stockholm and I, I did media and um, PR or communications and PR a bachelor degree in that for three years which was awesome and then I got a job in Stockholm to work with media and communications. So I worked for a nonprofit for two years. Um, Heart of Hearing Young People was the name of the organization. It was a small one, only four people in like the, the team that, that ran the organization. But I did all the PR and comms for about two years for them. That's cool. Yeah, so yeah. similar-ish to your job. Yes, yes. In a way. Yeah. Um, and then I moved to London. So that was in 20... 
2011, I want to say. 2010, maybe even. Yeah, 2010, I moved to London. Yeah. And that was um, basically because the, the guy I was with at the time got a job in London and we decided it was fun to go on an adventure. So I quit my job and moved to London without having anything really lined up. So I was working from a distance for a bit, actually, from, my, from Sweden, my job in Sweden. Um, and then started applying for loads of jobs, but I kind of realized after a while that it was tricky to get a job within media and communications or PR when you didn't have like the network, didn't know people. And, yeah. and also, obviously, language is a big thing when you're in that line of work. So I think there was some doubt of, you know, can you really like do all these things in English when you just moved here? So I then got a call from... Um, my boyfriend saying we need someone to come help us answer some emails in the agency he worked at and I was like yeah I'm good at answering emails so I'll come <laughs> and do that it turns out it was to help them basically he worked for a very tiny um, digital agency there were like four people it's called Tesh run by two Swedish brothers and they just won a big campaign for a Russian 4G company and needed some help like organizing it so in I came and started doing more than answering emails pretty quickly and organizing stuff with production companies going on a shoot and like all these things that I had no idea what they were like a few weeks earlier. So that was pretty exciting. And then I guess I realized I was kind of good at it. Yeah. So that was in essence my first like producer job. I didn't really know that that's what I was doing. I was thought I was just you know, helping out a little bit. Um, so yeah, then I started applying for jobs as a junior producer and started at Analog Folk. Luckily, they, they wanted to have me and I wanted to have them. <laughs> so did you start with Analog Folk in 2010 or was it a little bit after? It must have been a little bit after. I think it was um, the spring of 2011 because I've, I've been there for about five and a half years now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, so you came in at junior producer with Analog Folk and then what? What was the, the kind of progression internally? Because obviously we know you end up in New York, spoilers. Um, <laughs> but how did it kind of progress when you started then? Yeah, I mean, the company was really small when I started. We were about 20 people. And we only had an office here in London. And the agency has now grown massively. And I guess in a sense I've kind of grown with the agency. So we now have five global offices. And we are about 250 people. So I kind of progressed quite quickly. I had a really firm head of production when I started who trained me well. Yeah. So within less than a year, I was promoted to a mid-weight producer and then worked as that for about two years, maybe, and then got promoted to senior. And then I was a senior for about a year and a half or whatever it is-ish um, before I decided I wanted to move to New York. And when I moved to New York, I also asked to get promoted to a project director. And that happened. <laughs> so basically, that's it. I've asked to get promoted or they have promoted me. But it's been a very, I've had a really good relationship with AF through the years. Um, and because I was there from the beginning, when it was a really small company, I have a good relationship with the founders. And yeah. I guess I yeah feel comfortable with them um, asking for things. Well, yeah, it's always good when you can turn to the founder and go, "Oi, 
Yeah. I've got a question for you. <laughs> Talk us <Yeah>. out. <laughs> yeah. No more money, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please. Yeah. No, but um, yeah, so that's that's been good. So I moved to New York last summer. Been there more or less a year now. Yeah. And loving it. Josie's currently training for the New York Marathon. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the enthusiasm in my voice. Yay. Yeah, no really excited about it like that I got in because obviously it's like a lottery so yeah you don't know if you're gonna be able to to get in or not so actually three girls from from the US or the New York office that are doing it so. that's awesome and you got your AF runners yes cool so when um obviously you were back here before you moved over to the US obviously we've, I've got the story from Robin about how Geek Girl started and, and, and everything. How did you find out about Geek Girl to begin with? So I went to um, Sweden Social Web Camp in 2010, I believe it was, maybe 2009. And um, I went with a friend of mine and he was like, I have this really great girl that uh, you should meet, like you'd get along. I was like, okay, cool. Um, and the social media web camp is like south by southwest, but like, in the archipelago in Sweden on a small island for like three days. Loads of people camping, doing um, talks of different kinds and um, partying and getting in a sauna on like a raft in the lake and swimming and this weird Swedish things. Um, anyway, so he's like, this great girl you should meet and that was Heidi Harman who is the original founder, of one of the two original founders of Geek Girl. Yeah. And so I spoke to her, and then they actually did a little bit of like an intersection to Geek Girl at um, this camp, and then I started going to the events in Stockholm. Okay. And kind of got involved more and more in, in what they were up to. But then I moved to London, um, and um, obviously wasn't that involved. But then Heidi moved to London, and then we started hanging out and decided that we should probably kick this back up again. Yeah. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning, yeah. So we went from doing nothing to be like, let's just start with a conference. <laughs> Why not? Because that seems feasible. Yeah, yeah, casual conference. That's exactly what you want to start with. Yeah. And and at that conference, first time I met Robin, because she did a talk. She just more or less started that at that point. Yeah. So she did a bit of an intro. And yeah, that's that was the beginning. There you go, folks. It's a story mm -hmm. of Geek Girl. Yeah. Again. Again. <laughs> again. But no, but it's slightly different because, you know, with, with Robin, uh, it, again, it was the, the point of the actual conference yeah. and, and doing the talk and everything. But it's nice to kind of see how, you know, the origins kind of started more actually back in Stockholm with you and Heidi and bringing it to the London. Yeah. Are you going to do New York? I don't know. I'm. I would love to. I've um, started going to more and more like events that um, other people are organizing to build up my network a little bit in New York to get to know people because obviously that's kind of key to running Geek Girl and knowing who to who to get in to talk and who to talk to to get sponsors or venues and that kind of stuff. So I would love to do it. Okay, watch this space. Yeah, Geek Girl meetup. Maybe we need someone to come over and help me for a bit. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure we'll find many volunteers that yeah. will want to go to New York for a period of time in order to run a Geek Girl Meetup. Nikki, we go. Yeah, we go. <laughs> okay, cool. We, who is back? Perfect. Um, yeah, that would be like that would be amazing. That would be really fun to yeah, do. Yeah, that would be a cool thing to do. Yeah. Right, going back to the job. 
So in your role right now and in New York, what's kind of the, people might hate me for asking this by the way, but what's the average day look like? <laughs> Is there an average day? In a way, yes, I guess. So my role as a project director is basically to manage the production team. And up until a few months ago, it was a tiny team. It's still small, but we are, we're growing massively in, in New York or in the US as a whole. So part of it is obviously managing the team and, and helping them and getting them up to speed on things because they're very new into, into the agency. But I also run my own projects um, and I'm not really allowed to say any of our clients because we have confidentiality agreements with them, but yeah. work uh, across a, a lot of different uh, brands, like athletic brands, banks, energy bars, travel sites, etc. So I you know, do a lot of talking to clients, getting briefs, talking to the internal teams, making sure they know what they're doing, have all the information they need to do their job making sure you know no nothing stands in the way of getting the work done for them basically and then a lot of like finance admin stuff uh, in terms of making sure that you know agency is making money and that we all know what we're spending in terms of project work and and working on processes of doing doing things in the agency it's kind of the the core of what I do and like I do similar things to that on a on a daily basis but obviously all of a sudden there's emergency somewhere and you have to like drop everything and do that instead and I mean if I always think it's like a good day if I've gone through like three things on my to-do list that that's like a good day <laughs> because there's so many unknowns yeah I think it's yeah. the lovely agency existence yeah. I remember that very well you start with like a mammoth to-do list yeah and at the end of the week I like managed to take off 10% percent i be really happy yeah you're like yeah I did did well this week. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Until I got that weird crisis thing. It's all fine. So what's the one thing you really love about what you do? I really like working with, with the internal teams and kind of creating this amazing thing, whatever it is. Like seeing something from just being like a few pieces of words on a paper into like actually becoming like a an awesome digital product of some kind is super interesting. And like being able to help shape that into into something I really enjoy that and yeah working with the team so bearing in mind what you've done in your own career your whole movement around the world because you've worked in multiple different cities now and geek girl what's the biggest piece of advice you'd pass along to someone else in their career do you think I think for me it's it's being curious about what's out there and being able to kind of see even though you don't know exactly what that something is, you know you want to do something else, like go to events, meet people, network, all of that, because I like I had no idea I was going to end up where I'm at, obviously. like That's not something you get taught in school, that you can be a project director, even like a producer. Like I had no idea what that was growing up. So for me, it's... Like being curious and and exploring and don't be afraid to like change careers or move around. It's all good and fun and gives you great experiences. Awesome. Now, what about people that have influenced you or inspired you in your career? 
it's tricky it's always a tricky question like I don't have one person that I've that's been the one that I've like had on a pedestal yeah. through, through my life to be honest I there are a lot of awesome women across the tech industry that that I like and that I look up to but growing up and like I didn't know who any of those women were or like even to look up to them so um it's tricky to say like that someone's been my like inspiration in life to be honest I think Miggy has been my inspiration in life (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah I can't say that I have one specific person if there's no, if there's not one specific person, like, are there? Is there anyone? Name drop. Name drop. <laughs> Come on, give me some names, because this is the thing I always find really interesting about this question. It's either there's someone that will be wholeheartedly old. You know, these yeah. these one or two people definitely played a massive part of shaping my career without them ever knowing. And then there's others that are more like me. It's literally like, no, I love them. 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 Like, there's just too many people out there that you're like, they're awesome. That I kind of get what they're all about and that's played a bit of a factor yeah I mean I don't know I don't have a good good answer <laughs> well, at least you're honest about it yeah <laughs> yeah I don't I like yeah I could say loads of names that are women that are like in the industry now that I think are kind of cool but getting into it it wasn't like I guess maybe that's one of the reasons that I found Geek Girl important because I didn't have those role models yeah kind of what we hoping to create here yeah that's fair okay um move on move on i'll move on um bearing in mind that you've worked in sweden london and new york going back to geek girl and tech and everything what do you you know in terms of the tech scene in the three different cities yeah for me i think definitely london has had the most like intense experience for me when it comes to the tech industry because in sweden like when i moved from there like six years ago it wasn't really like a big thing yet it was like slowly like yeah. starting but if you go back now there are loads of startups there are loads of like obviously bigger tech companies that made it like skype and spotify unicorns and... exactly all unicorns. the unicorns Swedish unicorns. yeah but that wasn't really like a thing and i didn't really have any friends that worked in like startups or in the tech industry but now I have loads. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. That is in Sweden. And then here I was really close to it the whole time because of like Geek Girl and because of the people that I was hanging out with. And um, I really like enjoyed that the UK experience of, of the tech scene and how it's so kind of focused and concentrated and um super interesting and and in new york i've still i need to kind of figure out a bit more about it i think it feels like it's kind of a little bit all over the place and it's not as like powerful as it is here and i i mean new york isn't like a startup like capital really it has some like biggerish companies but yeah it's it still doesn't have like a startup feel to it and maybe it's because there's so many other things going on in new york that it kind of drowns but have you like being based in the industry that you work in and now being in new york if you're not getting kind of that massive like startup-y type vibe from it all have you come across a lot of kind of interesting things happening more in the ad tech space given kind of New York's been obviously a little bit of a hub, right, for advertising and everything, and kind of 
kind of goes up against London. Mm, interesting. Have I? Not really. I mean, maybe maybe it is, but maybe I've just not <laughs> experienced it enough yet. Right. I'm going to give you a task now. Okay. Go back. I know. Go to some freaking events. Go to some freaking events. I know. And I've then... been... That is true, though. Like, moving to a new city or country, if you haven't done that before, please do so. Uh, but it... it takes a lot of energy yeah it does um, and you know new job and like all of that so it's definitely like on my on my to-do list my personal to-do list but <laughs> kind of on the side I've, I'm getting I'm getting better on it I've been to a few events this year so far but yeah I really need to do more okay uh, I'm gonna make it a rule that um obviously we're gonna come out and we're gonna start Geek Girl Meetup New York yes and then in the process we'll also go to a load of events in New York looking at Miggy she's not wooing but she's just made a motion of yes She's game. She's game. Okay, we'll make that happen, and then I'll we'll report back. Yeah, we'll give you some good advice. <laughs> I know there there are so many events happening. I'm part of that Dreamers and Doers community in in New York, and they like daily post new events that are happening. But it's just I need to get my ass to those events. Okay, cool. Get your ass over there, and then report mm-hmm. back. Awesome. Final question. Sure. What do you if you're not you know. Maybe you don't have the role models that are really obvious that spring to mind, but is there anywhere, it doesn't have to be reading, it could be a really, really good podcast that you know of, Um, Uh, or, you know, it could be freaking looking on Twitter, but is there anything that you, you find yourself checking in on at all that kind of gives you a little bit of creative inspiration? I'm now going to find the podcast I listen to that I don't know the name of, but obviously I do listen to Geek Girl yeah all of the time all of the time but I do also listen to some other awesome ones so because I I don't want to call it commute but kind of I I travel like takes me like 30 minutes to get to work in New York and that didn't used to be the case in London so now I'm like oh I need to do something with those 30 minutes every day yeah when when you're on the L train with a lot of other sweaty people so I've started listening to podcasts as I'm on the train just because it's more fun so I, I listened to one that's called reply all okay what's that one i don't know it, reply all. <laughs> well if you read the description they say it's a show about the internet hey, okay. <laughs> Good. but uh it's anything and everything super interesting i also listen to like the basic ones like freakonomics and like things like that that are interesting and i do listen to a lot of more like interviewee podcasts they're all in Swedish, though, because I'm trying to, you know, remember my native language, even though I don't speak it more than barely once a week. So, um, yeah, Reply All is probably the one I listen to the most. I do pick up, you know, the more of advertising-ish magazines, um, like campaign and, and those kind of things. But also, mostly I read articles that we share, like, in our Slack channels at work. So there could be random things all over the world. So that's kind of my curated list of, yeah. of things to do in our in our random channel. So that, yeah, anything from a funny BuzzFeed article to like a business insider thing. Yeah. You can't go wrong with a funny BuzzFeed article. No, I know. Like once in a while you kind of need it. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, reading the more intense business insider or I, I have New York Times on the weekends. So I try to make sure I at least flick through like everything in there to like get a sense of what's what's up in the world and especially the magazine that they have which is a bit more fun yeah (laughs) 
I, I think that's meant to be a very good one. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for doing the podcast with me. Thank you. Finally, I got you. I got you nailed down <laughs> in your hotel room. And she regrets it already. I do not regret <laughs> it. No, it just, you know, the next one we'll have to make sure we do in New York. Yeah, so we can do a follow-up and I can give you all the good advice on where to go. Yes. And what to do. Yes. And maybe we'll have cocktails that we record it. Ooh, I do like that. Yes, I do know where to have good cocktails. You just didn't ask me that. (laughs) No food. Okay, well, what what, what, is the best place for a cocktail in New York? Uh, So my favorite place at the moment, and and it's because it's close to my house, is the White Hotel. Because it has good cocktails, but it also has amazing views over Manhattan. Oh, there you go. And it has a rooftop. Okay, so we'll see you in that cocktail bar in a few months? Yeah. I would say in May, maybe, because it's going to start getting cold pretty okay. soon. So in May, yeah. Geek Girls Do Manhattan. Ooh. That could be such a good movie. Sorry. Anyway. Ooh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, Geek Girls Do Manhattan. Awesome. Ooh. Well, thanks, to, <laughs> thanks, Josie, for, um, for doing the podcast. Um, guys, just to wrap up, you know, obviously you can follow all of us on Twitter. Josie, what is your Twitter handle? It is my name, at Josephine Headland. Yeah, hey. Uh, so go follow Josie, and if you want to get in contact with her, I'm sure you can tweet her directly and she will respond. Uh, you can follow Geek Girl Meetup at GGMUK on Twitter. We are Geek Girl Meetup UK on Facebook, and I'm Kathy White. 10 on Twitter uh, and you can also go and sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop on all our upcoming events and the conference which is happening on the October 8th until then see you next week <laughs>